Welcome to the Rising Youth Podcast. I'm your host, Vivian, a part of the CYC team, and today we're with Maya Peshin. Maya is based in British Columbia, and her Rising Youth Project is centered around food security for young people. For more information about the grants or to start your own project, please visit risingyouth.ca. Let's raise awareness together. So Maya, I'm super stoked that we're connecting. I know this was a long time coming, but how are you? Like, let me know how your day was and let me know how you're doing right now. My day was pretty good. It was, it wasn't too busy, but you know, there's always work that needs to be done. Yeah. And yeah. You mentioned that you were on March break and uh, it's not really a, a March break for you right now. <laughs> no, um, there's always like schoolwork, homework that's assigned over the break and work. Regular work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just a list of things. I feel that. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm super stoked that you're like able to take the time out to talk to me today. I'm so Yay. happy to be here. So I'd love to get a sense of who you are. So, you know, some of the hobbies that you may have, um, you know, what you're doing right now, and then we can get into a bit of the project. Yeah, of course. Like you already know, my name's Maya. I'm 16 and I currently live in British Columbia, um, Coquitlam specifically. And I really, really like to volunteer, which is actually what got me into doing Rising Youth Projects in the first place. And so some of the stuff that I'm doing right now is I'm a water polo coach, like a volunteer water polo coach for the club that I'm a part of. And I also leadership coach as well, all of it's volunteer work. And then I just have like a normal, regular, regular job because I'm a teenager and who doesn't like money as a teenager, right? And I'll be talking about the backpack project today. Awesome. Yeah. That's really cool that you've, you know, been involved in so many different like leadership projects. I'm actually curious what started that? What started your curiosity or or you wanting to take a leadership role and, you know, a role in volunteering? Something that really, really got me started was my dad. When I was little, I was in, was in like Sunday school, kind of. I'm a Hindu and I go to the Monday every Sunday and we had like religious classes and stuff. And at the end of that, we would always do a sandwich seva. And what that was, was it was making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to bring to the dugout in Vancouver for homeless people or underprivileged people that didn't have sandwiches and food. That's kind of what got me into volunteer work, just a couple of hours every Sunday when I was little (laughs) making sandwiches. That's actually super cool though. Yeah. So you were involved at a very young age and it kind of just like spiraled from there. Pretty much. Awesome. Yeah. I hear a lot of people say that that is also their story. Um, You know, like I feel like once you get involved into something when you're, when you're younger, it kind of just sticks and you know, you're accustomed to doing it that much more. So that's really cool. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into the backpack project. So Tell me about what the Backpack Project is. So the Backpack Project, it started during COVID and that's when I had the idea to do it. It was kind of dedicated and it was kind of put into place for all of the kids in my school district who relied on school to get their food. It was for underprivileged children that, you know, relied on school for their nutrition. And so when school shut down and COVID kind of just, you know, closed everything off, something that was of concern to me was that the kids that were relying on school weren't going to get what they needed. And so that's kind of what started it all. What made you originally think about the young people that might not have a meal? Was there anything that really sparked that whole thing? Yeah, actually, some friends of mine, they kind of inspired me. They kind of, they kind of, but was in my mind when I was thinking about the project, because 
they come from a really, really big family and they relied on school to get breakfast every morning, to get lunch every day. And I was concerned. I was like, what are they gonna do? And so I was like, what are other people gonna do? And so start that, they inspired me. That's incredible. That's really incredible. And so what went into this project? Take me through the process of what the project looked like and you know how many people were involved. It was a journey. It was the first project that I'd ever done with Rising Youth. And I was 15 at the time that I was doing this project. So it was kind of like all over the place. Um, I I had the idea since since March when everything shut down, but I didn't actually start planning it until May. It was a couple months of me just thinking about, you know, how am I going to do this? What am I going to do? Just visualizing. And then I decided to talk to my parents about it. Uh, we got in contact with a leadership society that I'm part of, YLSBC or Youth Leadership Society of British Columbia. And I started talking about this project. I was like, here's what I want to do. This is why I want to do it. From there, amazing, amazing guy, Ravi Safaya, he actually helped me put the project into action. So I think I had about, I think I had about five people helping me with the project and just planning stuff out. So getting in contact with the local no frills that I was going to be ordering the food to, and then the Salvation Army that I got in contact with to help distribute the food to mm -hmm. the families that, or the children that needed it. It took a couple, it took a couple of months of, of planning and reaching out and getting in contact with people. That was pretty much the process. I think the whole time frame for this project was like two months, two and a half months, maybe. Cool. Okay. So it's it seemed like it was pretty speedy then. Oh yeah, it was it was very fast paced, but it was yeah. very busy. You know? Definitely. Yeah. So you mentioned that you know what really sparked this idea was food insecurity throughout COVID because you know youth can't actually go go into school and whatnot. How was dealing with the Salvation Army and just everyone throughout COVID? Do you think that made it more difficult or more simple? I don't know, because I think that it made us really, really thoughtful towards planning and how we were going to get all of this done super safely and super efficiently, just so that you know we don't have a lot of contact with the food that we were going to be giving out just because maybe it could have been dangerous if any of us had gotten exposed and then we passed that on to the food. So I think it made us more careful, if anything. It made us make sure that we were being efficient and that we were being safe. For sure. No, that, that makes total sense. Yeah. And you mentioned that you worked with the Salvation Army. Why in particular did you want to partner with the Salvation Army? They were the kind of like the only nonprofit that was in the city that I was living in at the time. So I used to live in Maple Ridge and the Salvation Army was like the central hub for getting in contact with people that were in need. So we had a food bank, but that was connected to the Salvation Army. So we just thought, why not go there first? Why not just start there? Absolutely. Yeah. And they're, you know, they're geared towards these type of ideas. So that, that works very really, much, really well. Very much yeah. so. That's awesome. Were you able to connect with those that you served? Did you have a one-on-one -on -one with some of the, the individuals that, you know, received this food? 
I don't know if it was unfortunate or fortunate, but we weren't actually able to get in contact with those that we had served. Mm -hmm. Like the people we were donating to, the families and the children that we were donating to, we never knew their names and we never knew where they came from. But I feel like I was able to learn a little bit about them and their situation through like the lists of food that they had requested. Some families, I could tell that they had multiple little ones. Some just had, some had babies, some had teenagers. And honestly, I think I'm okay with not knowing who they are. As long as they, as long as they got the help and support that they needed through the initiative that I started, I think I'm okay. Well, I love that. I, I think the fact that, you know, you, you didn't necessarily get to like meet them in person and whatnot, but you know that you affected them in such a positive way probably means the most to you. I think that's incredible. And I think it creates sort of like a distance, like you're not emotionally involved in such a way where like, if you had met them, you know, you'd be completely sort of enwrapped in, in all of your emotions and their emotions. So I think that's actually positive then. That's really cool. So what was the most memorable portion of working on this project for you? Now, this is a great question. <laughs> so aside from having my arms almost fall off from lifting multiple things of food, <laughs> like cans of food, I think the most memorable part for me was seeing the Salvation Army coordinator. Her name was B, lovely lady. Seeing her face when she saw like the, just the giant mountain of food that we had in her office. I just remember her being, it was almost like she was, had seen a ghost. She was just shocked. And <laughs> I remember like she started crying and I was like, wow. And this is a lady that's doing very well for herself. She just genuinely loves to help people in her community. And so seeing her get so emotional over a pile of food really, really like ingrained into my mind how important the work that we were doing was. Seeing her cry was the most memorable part of the project for me. Happy oh, tears. Absolutely. And that's incredible. The fact that you had that impact on her and like, <laughs> I know, yeah, it must have been really heavy carrying all that stuff in, but the fact that she got so emotional and, you know, she was so grateful for this. And I think another aspect of it is seeing someone so young doing all of this for the community. Like, you know, it's, I'm not going to say it's rare. Like there are so many young people, you know, a part of Rising Youth that have done so many different amazing projects. But I think, you know, within society, older people don't get to see it as much. And so that probably was just like eye-opening and, and so heartwarming to her. So that's really, really cool. I'm glad that you had that experience with her, with B. So I know you were able to secure another Rising Youth grant, and I know you have like another amazing project. And I just kind of wanted to ask you a little bit about that. Yeah, of course. I finished the backpack project in, I think, I, I think I fully wrapped it up in August or September of 2020. And then I applied for another grant, which I happily got. I was so excited. I used this to engage with the Indigenous part of my community. So in recent times, especially, there's been a lot more focused on Indigenous voices. I mean, as there should be. But this was before all of that. I'm from... Maple Ridge originally, and so I connected with the Kating Kwantlen First Nation, our local First Nation, and I bought them a proposition. I was like, hey, so I know that there's a lot of Indigenous youth in this community. I'm friends with multiple Indigenous people. 
and I wanted to start a project that would help them connect with their culture better, just like locally. And so I got this grant and I wanted to kind of have weekly sort of classes that could enrich the lives of the Indigenous youth in my community. And so what we did was, because it was in the fall, we did like a sort of like medicine workshop that would span multiple weeks where Indigenous youth and our community could come in and they could learn about, you know, some of their traditions. And so that is what the focus of my second project kind of was. That's amazing. That's like so incredible. What what sparked that idea? Like, I know you mentioned you have friends that are Indigenous. Was, was that like a, a founding notion in your mind? That wasn't like the inspiration. I just thought that it was important. Mm. because earlier in the summer I had gone to I think a place near Kamloops it's um it was a reserve I think it's called Boston Bar Mm -hmm. and we had gone there to deliver food actually for one of my friend's projects and I remember I remember being there and I remember talking to the chief's son and we, we had a really good conversation about you know residential school and you know the impact of the impact that that had on Indigenous culture. And I asked him a question. I'm like, so are there any youth that are actually interested in learning about your traditions and whatnot? Um, And he said that they weren't really interested in anything. And that's because of their parents. Their parents weren't interested Mm. because of that, like, disconnect that residential school caused. And so I was like, what are they interested in then? And then he was just like, drugs, pretty much. And I think that, that really broke my heart. Mm -hmm. Seeing kids that were my age not have any interest in, well, their culture Mm -hmm. or anything besides self-destruction was, Mm -hmm. it it hurt me. And so I was like, you know what, why don't I do something for my community where I can make a difference? Because I don't live in Kamloops. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I just thought, like, why don't I do something um, for for my community, like where I live, where I can make a difference? Focusing on like enriching the lives of Indigenous teens and my community was big inspiration not only for my friends but just in general like it's very important yeah no absolutely absolutely and yeah I think when there's you know generational trauma it just it definitely makes it harder for a young person to want to like explore their roots and whatnot because there's so much pain that's attached to their history so yeah. You know, it, it'd definitely be brutal, but the fact that you are creating a space for, you know, culture and learning and making it fun, I think that's so important. And I'm glad that you've like, you know, you were able to do that. That's so cool. I know like my whole, uh, my whole theme of this episode tends to be so cool. That's what I keep, you know, saying constantly, but I really mean it. Like you are incredible for, you know, creating numerous projects. So I'm, I'm glad you. that you have done this. Speaking of the Rising Youth Grant, I wanted mm-hmm. to know, how would you describe the process of applying for the Rising Youth Grant? And who told you about the Rising Youth Grant or how did you hear about it? In terms of the process, it's probably the most straightforward grant process I have ever, ever, ever seen or have ever experienced. Like the website, so in, like so intuitive, like the layout's great. And like from the Rising Youth team, especially if I had any questions about applying for grants or, hey, what does this mean? Or, hey, how do I do this? It was always really, really speedy response. Everything was just so straightforward. It was like, it was great. Mm. 
And how long did it take for you to hear back from Rising Youth to uh, confirm your projects, typically? I think it was within, it was within, I think, almost a, a week and a half. I think that was the longest time that it ever took. But yeah, it was, it was really fast. That is, that is super quick. Yeah, in comparison to other grants, I think. Right. You know, sometimes it can take like months. So that's really great to hear. Yeah. What would you say to those who are thinking about applying? Don't think about it too much. Just do it. You won't regret it. It is, it's so easy to do. And then seeing that the, the impact that you, that this grant can like have on your community. It's, it's great. It's so worth it. You should do it hundred um, percent. There's lots of great support that the Rising Youth team offers. Um, like, you know what, just, just do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's uh that's what I tend to hear as well. You know, just, just go for it. If you have an idea, put it on paper and just put it out there for sure. Literally like you are the only one limiting yourself. This Ooh, grant, this grant fire. process, like this is, this is great. <laughs> that's awesome to hear. Well, thank you for that. Thank you for, you know, coming from yourself who has applied. That means a lot. So I have one more question that I want to ask you. And that is, what does advocacy mean to you if you had to, you know, phrase it or, or put it into words? I think advocacy is one of the most beautiful things that exists in the world. Being able to speak for someone else who doesn't have a voice or maybe has had their voice taken away from them, it's, I think it's a wonderful part of being human. Mm. Being able to support another person, being able to be there for other people, regardless of whether you know them or not mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's just it's great it's awesome and it's important yeah and it, I think it fuels a lot of people and you're literally making positive changes within your society and in your world so it's like you know why not like if you can do it then do it because I don't think I would have ever gotten into this stuff if it wasn't for people at my Monday advocating or helping out people who were less, less than fortunate, you know, mm -hmm. it's really a chain. It's always a chain. Everything is a chain. And so advocacy, it's not different. It's not different than a chain. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so true. Like if you help someone else, then, you know, they're going to feel empowered. They're going to have more means to help themselves and in the end they're going to want to help other people so it is that chain you're absolutely right and well put mm -hmm. do you have any last words that you want to you want to mention or anything you want to say any last words shout out to YLSBC for being one of the greatest organizations I've ever worked with thank you YLSBC just for all of your information, YLSBC is Youth Leadership Society of British Columbia. That's pretty much it. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And do you have any social media plugs that you want to put out there? Social media plugs. You should follow YLSBC on Instagram. I'm a part of YLSBC. It's <laughs> YLSBC approved. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Get all right. out there. I love it. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Maya. Thank you so much for having me. I'm a little bit awkward. I'm sorry if this was awkward to listen to, but I genuinely enjoyed being here today. Thank you. Oh, you know what? It was it was such a fun interview and I'm really happy that, you know, I had the opportunity to sit down with you and have this. So thank you for being here and thank you for being so open. 
again, Maya Passion, thank you for the conversation and Vivian Petruno signing off. Let's raise awareness together. Thanks again for tuning into the Rising Youth Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode just as much as we enjoyed producing it. If you'd like to know more about how to start your own project, visit our website at risingyouth.ca.